Thank you so much for tuning in. And we're going to talk about the debt ceiling, the debt ceiling people. Let's go there. It is top of mind because guess what? Ah, my citizen legislators. The U.S. hit the debt ceiling set by Congress on Thursday, January 19th, forcing the Treasury Department to start taking extraordinary measures to keep the government paying its bills and, um, and escalating pressure on Capitol Hill to avoid a catastrophic default. According to Politico, Secretary of the Treasury Janet um, Yellen suggested such measures may last until early June. Other forecasters say it could be as late as September. Ben White with Politico on uh, yesterday in an article entitled, quote unquote, don't freak out over the debt limit, dot, 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 yet, laid out the politics surrounding the debt ceiling debate. Now, this is the White House's view on this, my citizen legislators. According to Ben White, I mean, the White House is basically like Republicans are on a very poor political ground. Unlike what happened in 2010 when Barack Obama was president, they didn't score a big mandate for spending cuts in the 2022 midterms. They, they didn't. They didn't. Now, remember when everybody thought it was going to be a red wave and it became a red trickle? There's a nine-seat majority in the House, razor-thin nine-seat majority. Republicans have raised the debt limit repeatedly under former President Donald Trump without spending cuts. Without spending cuts, my citizen legislators. And they were expected to romp in the 2022 midterms, but they barely snared the House. Democrats, meanwhile, they're going to hammer the Republicans for the next several months about holding the economy hostage over giving the Treasury the ability to pay for spending commitments Congress has already made. Let me repeat that. <clears throat> spending commitments Congress has already made. The White House team figures uh, there will be a path to a relatively clean hype featuring um, Democrats and more moderate Republicans from districts that President um, Biden carried. Which gets us to this, and this is what we, um, this is what Ben White is saying, why you should worry a bit. My citizen legislators, legislators this is why y'all should be worried. His main reason is that in order to get the gavel, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy agreed that he would not push through any debt limit hike without significant spending cuts. Now they talking about mandatory programs, spending programs, you know, social security, disability insurance, Medicare, Medicaid, okay. And um, his speakership hangs on just one Republican deciding to, to force a vote to push him out. Remember I, what I talked about in previous episode? One member can force a House vote on ousting the Speaker. It's procedurally, it's called motion to vacate the chair. 
So Ben White goes on to say, you know, hardline fiscal conservatives in the House Freedom Caucus, um, they basically have outsized power now because Speaker McCarthy gave it to them. And so they made a deal. And I, you know, here's the thing. Making a deal that features mostly um, Democrat votes seems like it will be quite difficult. It will be quite difficult. So look, Ben White goes on to say that, you know, this drama will run for the next five months and possibly more. So my citizen legislators, y'all need to hold tight because this is going to be a bumpy ride. It's going to be a bumpy ride. Um, it may look grim and it may look hopeless at times, but the U.S. has never defaulted on its debts. It hasn't. It has not. And but I don't know. But you know what? The way that things are shaping now, I, I, who who's to say? I mean, really, who's 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 to say? Because I got to tell you, I mean, things have changed since since 2016. So I can't. I mean, Ben White says, you know, he doesn't think that the U.S. will default. Okay. Okay. But I have to tell you, um, you know, as I said in the previous episode, and I'm going to repeat it here again, and, I, you know, this is something that I learned. I didn't realize that, you know, at first there wasn't a debt ceiling until 1917, and that was, you know, because of World War One to make it easier to finance World War One to, you know, group bonds that were in different categories to ease the burden of Congress, you know, um, to, to approve each of these bonds separately. I had no idea, you know, I mean, <clears throat> you know, they, and then they started to use it in world when, you know, World War II was looming in 1939. And that's when Congress created the first aggregate debt limit and it gave you know, the Treasury Department wide latitude on what bonds it could issue. You know, raising the debt ceiling lets the government borrow money to cover the gap between spending and taxes already approved by Congress. Who knew, people? So debt ceiling goes back to 1917, 1917. And you know what? I mean, and it was routinely, you know, lifted without incident until 1953 when President Dwight Eisenhower wanted to increase spending on the national highway system. The national highway system that we all use now that is paid by gas and diesel taxes. So, I mean, look, the limit has since been raised a dozen times, usually without a fight. But I got to tell you, both parties agreed to hikes 
under Republican President Donald Trump, without any fuss, without any fuss, my citizen legislators, without any fuss. So unfortunately, over the past quarter century, we've seen the debt ceiling increasingly become a partisan weapon. Now, you might ask yourselves, what were the biggest debt limit fights? What were the biggest? 19, okay, 1995 and 1996, this is when Bill Clinton was president. And it caused two government shutdowns. And you know what? That was when I was working on the Hill. I was a lowly legislative aide. And I'm going to tell you, government shutdown ain't no joke. I'm going to tell you this. I worked for Senator Frank Murkowski, Republican from Alaska. When the government shut down, everything in the Senate shut down. Cafeterias, everything. We were eating out of vending machines, my citizen legislators. That's what we were doing. And when I finally got my paycheck, it was $100. They doubled up on taxes, my insurance, everything. Now, when there was a government shutdown, when Trump was in office, a lot of my friends got money. They were able to recoup their money which I'm sorry, that pissed me off. That pissed me off because we did not get any money. We did not. We did not get any money. We did not. And so I that set a bad precedent because back in 1995 and 1996, we did not get any back pay. We did not. So all I'm telling you, if the debt ceiling is not lifted, there potentially could be a government shutdown. So those of you that work in the federal government, not just here in Washington, D.C., but across the country, please, you need to monitor this. You need to monitor this because this is a, this is, um, a drama that's being created by Speaker Kevin McCarthy. It is. Because under the House Rules Package, they have agreed to a separate vote after the budget resolution is passed that the House and Senate has to raise the debt limit, but they want to leverage it by instituting pay cuts, uh, cuts, spending cuts. I've heard that they want to reduce spending by 10% across the board to fiscal year 2022 levels. Now they want to cut Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid, because this is what this is about. That's, manda that's mandatory spending. That is always included in the federal budget. It's always included, it's mandatory. It is mandatory, but this is where we are. But like I said, 1995 and 1996, government shut down because the debt limit was not increased. And this is when William Jefferson Clinton was president. Now, let's go to another fight that occurred in 2011. This is when Barack Obama was president. And that time around, it rattled financial markets. Now, remember what happened in 2008? We were in a recession. Remember that? And so three years later, debt limit wasn't increased. And 
so I, I look, I don't know what to tell you, but essentially, this did not fare well for Republicans. It did not. It did not. And so President Barack Obama, then President Barack Obama, he agreed to more than $2 trillion in spending cuts over a decade to end the crisis. That's what he did. But then guess what? Two years later, a second debt ceiling face-off between then-President Barack Obama and Republicans occurred in 2013. Two years later. Because guess what um, the Republicans were trying to do? They were trying, okay, they pushed forth an effort to undo the Affordable Care Act. It was doomed from the start, people. Then House Speaker John Boehner kept telling the conference, this is not going to work. This is not going to work. He told him in 2011, told him in 2013, this is not going to work. This is not going to work. They didn't listen to him. And look what happened. Their poll ratings went down the toilet. They didn't listen to John Boehner, who, by the way, I consider Rat Pack cool. I met him. All I'm going to tell you is this. 2013, according to Stephen Dennis's um, article in Bloomberg yesterday, that was, I'm going to tell you what happened. It resulted in the cap being suspended for the first time. The debt ceiling cap was suspended. Look, all I'm going to tell you is this, as of right now, the U.S. is bumping up against the current federal debt limit of nearly, oh, get this, and I'm sorry. Oh, Jesus, take the wheel. $31.4 trillion. Now, again, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen said that, you know, yesterday she sent a letter to the Speaker um, and, and over to the House and said that she was, you know, you, you, she's utilizing special accounting maneuvers that should avert a crisis until early June. So my citizen legislators, we got until early June. We got until early June. So let me just tell you some of the so-called extraordinary measures. They will include withholding regularly scheduled contributions to federal employee retirement funds. And using that money to keep paying debts. Do y'all hear me? Let me repeat that again. And this is according to Stephen Dennis, who's a congressional reporter for Bloomberg government. In his article yesterday, the so-called extraordinary measures including include withholding regularly scheduled contributions to a federal employee retirement fund and using that money to keep paying the bills, keep paying the debts, I'm sorry. Okay, then he goes on to say, once those measures are exhausted, the options get more dire, potentially leading to a partial government shutdown and delays in government payments like social security checks. Okay, yeah, defaulting on the debt would quote unquote, needlessly plunge the country into economic 
chaos, collapse, and catastrophic while giving our competitors like China a historic boost. Now, this is from a spokesman for President Joseph Biden. So, okay, let me repeat this. Those on Social Security, they won't be getting no paychecks. Those that are um, federal government employees, there are no more no more contributions to one of your federal, one of the federal employee retirement funds. I can't make this up, people. You need to be vigilant. You need to monitor this because it affects us all. It does, and you know, the thing is, Speaker. McCarthy has reached out to the White House and said, you know, we need to start negotiating this. And, and the White House is like, no, like, we, I mean, you know, then Vice President Joe Biden saw this up close and personal. He's learned a lesson from 2010, 2011, 2013. He's learned a lesson. You know, this is, this is, this is, um, a problem that should not be happening. They they are creating this problem because let's be honest here, people. Let's just say I get why a lot of the Republicans in the conference want to reduce spending. I get it, and they want regular order in the House. I I, I, I truly get it. But you need to understand: in order to get stuff done, sometimes you have to expedite. Which means regular order does go out of the window and that you don't have ample enough time to read bills, to digest them, blah, blah, blah. Okay. You may not get what you ultimately want. You may not get it. And all I'm going to tell you is this. We need to make sure that our government does not default. Think about this. If y'all go back on Twitter and look at Dave Jolly, he is a former member of the House. He's a Republican. He used to represent a district in Florida. Go back and look at his tweet because I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing it. But he essentially said, I would say probably over 25% of the debt or maybe more actually came from the tax cuts that were passed by Republican-controlled House and Senate and White House. Y'all remember when that was? When former President Donald Trump was in office. 2017 tax cut. Just remember that. Go back and look at Dave Jolly's tweet. Start listening and watching economists. Read The Economist. Read Financial Times. Keep close tabs on this because again you know the white house is not going to negotiate on this they're not because they i'm telling you president biden learned his lesson from from when he was vice president he learned a valuable lesson he did things are quite different there was not a mandate in the 2022 midterm elections with regards to spent to spending there was not. Majority of Americans want Congress to work together. They want both parties to work together to get stuff done. 
got a lot done in the 117th Congress. We did Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, Inflation Reduction Act, the Chips and Science Act, ARPA. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. My citizen legislators, this is a problem that should not be a problem. If you want to reduce spending, let's work together. Let's work through the the budget resolution process. Let's work together to figure this out. Do not use the full faith and credit of our country as a weapon. But it, it has been used before. It has. And it'll be used again in the future. But I'm, I'm telling you right now, because those Republicans that have been calling this administration out about inflation, inflation is, is slowly going down, but you're about to curtail it. And then also on top of that, remember when, you know, in one of those bills that was passed last year about the increase in the IRS agents in order to help get those rich taxpayers to pay their fair share in taxes. Well, the Republicans passed a bill that basically is going to strip all that money, but it's not going to go anywhere in the Senate. Although some in the House have, have been quoted as saying that they're going to get the Senate kicking and screaming to do the right thing. I want people to pay their fair share in taxes. I pay my fair share in taxes and my citizen legislators, I know you do too. Bottom line is this. The debt limit is critical. It is critical. And one of the other questions that Stephen Dennis brought up in his article from yesterday was what would be so bad about a default? Now, this is from the article. This is not me trying to inform y'all. So this is what it says. Failure to pay holders of U.S. government bonds would make them less desirable as investments, forcing the government to pay more in interest to sell them. That would have a cask that would have cascading effects. Financial markets. Okay, this is a quote. Financial markets will lose faith in the United States. The dollar would weaken, and stocks would fall. This is a quote from the Council of Economic Advisors, part of the White House, who wrote during a debt ceiling debate in 2021, quote, the U.S. credit rating would almost certainly be downgraded and interest rates would broadly rise from many consumer loans, making products like auto loans and mortgages more expensive. For families who are subject to interest rate changes or taking out new loans. End of quote. <clears throat> Lord have mercy on us. All right. Um, I want to go into who wants to raise the debt ceiling. And this is, again, this is in Stephen Dennis's article. Leaders of both major political parties acknowledge that the debt limit must be raised because the gap between government spending and revenue is so large. But many Republicans who took control of the House of Representatives on January 7th want to pair a debt limit hike with spending cuts. 
including potentially to Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid. Quote, I would like to sit down with all the leaders and especially the president and start having discussions, said House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, a Republican. Senator Joe Manchin, a Democrat from Virginia, he's a centrist Democrat, but that's debatable anyway, says a possible compromise could involve pairing an increase in the debt ceiling with the creation of special commissions to explore reducing overall U.S. debt and shoring up the Social Security and Medicare trust funds. Please, we've already done that before. We've done that. We've held a commission, a special commission. We've already done that before. I don't think the American public wants to hear that crap anymore. Stop kicking the can down the road. We've already had that before. End of story. No. Tell me what you think. Tell me what your thoughts are on that. I call BS on that. I call BS. But here's the thing. The Biden administration has said raising the debt ceiling is non-negotiable and shouldn't be conditioned on any other action. Republicans blame high inflation on spending during Biden's first two years in office. See, this is where I'm going. This is where I'm getting to that. Now, if they had not passed the COVID relief funding, ARPA, states, cities, counties, and towns would be decimated. They would have been decimated. We would not have had any mechanism on providing vaccines or testing for COVID-19 or providing a way for schools to bring back kids. We would not have been able to do that without the ARPA dollars. We would not, but I digress. Infrastructure Investment and, um, and Jobs Act. That was the reauthorization of the highway bill, but we also they also put in other infrastructure funding in that law. Okay, how many times did y'all hear about infrastructure week? or infrastructure month and y'all laughed. Joe Biden got it done. He got it done. But let me go a little bit further. So we did, okay, remember Build Back Better? And remember Joe Manchin, Senator Joe Manchin and Senator Christian uh, Sinema uh, were like, no, 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 um, you can't do Build Back Better. And then lo and behold, what happened last summer? Senator Joe Manchin made the decision to work with the White House and got it done. It's called the Inflation Reduction Act, and it is helping reduce inflation. It may take a little bit of time, people, but it is slowly reducing inflation. Can we talk about corporate greed? I'm just saying. So they can talk about that. Republicans can talk about the fact that the spending in the Biden's first two years in office is a blame to high inflation. So let's talk about Chips and Science Act, semiconductors. Come on, people. That is going to create jobs here domestically. I'm sorry. And then you know what, what, what really annoys me? These so-called Republicans who keep saying that all this spending has created high inflation, they go back to their districts and states and tout these laws. Hypocrisy. I call it hypocrisy. All right. Here's another question in the article that may be of interest to you. Does there have to be a debt ceiling, Kevin McCarthy? Some budget experts 
and commentators want to abolish the debt ceiling, arguing that the periodic congressional battles over its increases, okay, yeah, over it increases economic uncertainty. You know, because we need certainty, people. We do. Supporters of the limit say um, using it to bargain for spending cuts serves the public interest at a time of historically high debt levels. The Obama administration considered but rejected untested ways to circumvent the debt limit, including minting platinum coins and placing them in the Federal Reserve or declaring the debt limit a violation of the 14th Amendment prohibiting prohibition on questioning federal debt. Okay. All I got to tell you, I'm just giving you some perspective from Stephen um, Dennis, who's a reporter uh, with Bloomberg government and, and Eric um, Weissen also contributed um, to this article as well. I'm just saying. So let's talk about who could be key players in averting a default. Republican Patrick McHenry, he's the new chairman of the House Financial Services Committee. Um, Y'all know about, there's a, um, a U.S. debt clock. Now, it displays an up to the second ticker on the national debt and many other fast-moving statistics. So y'all should take a look at that. Um, the Congressional Research Service actually examines the debt ceiling since 2011. So y'all can go back, go on congress.gov and go and see the CRS reports and take a look at those reports. And then also, and I actually follow them and um, I'm on their email list. The Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget aggregates news, documents, and other resources on the debt ceiling. Y'all should really check them out because they... They give a really good nonpartisan perspective on the debt. And then there's the Bipartisan Policy um, Center. They provide analysis on the debt limit um, and the extraordinary measures that are going to be utilized by Secretary Janet um, Yellen. So on that note, my citizen legislators, the debt ceiling, quick take. I hope that this has um, been informative because I really wanted to talk about that because I really wanted to talk about that because this is something um, that has to be done. And I hope that you keep an eye out on this and, and look at my show notes and, 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 and look at the links and, and take a look at those you know articles and those congressional research reports that I put in there and you know, like I said, um, the Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget, they, they have a Q&A, everything you should know about the debt ceiling. So y'all should just take a look at that. I mean, please take a look at that. So all I'm going to say is this. Thank you for taking the time um, to listen to me and to watch me. If you're watching this on YouTube, if you're listening to this on Spotify, this was Topless Government the government and politics show. If you enjoyed it, I would be pleased if you would subscribe, rate, and review the show. Again, we're on YouTube. We're finally on YouTube. 
we're also on we're also on Facebook and other um social media platforms where you listen to podcasts. Production is courtesy of my dear friend and producer, Marcus Donovan, the pasteurized chef. You can check out his show, The District of Misfits Show, every Sunday evening. They go live at 10 p.m., sometimes a little after. This show is a district Dogface Studios production. My citizen legislators, thank you for the opportunity to share my knowledge and love of politics. I look forward to geeking out with you again.